Welcome, Nicodemus. Don't be alarmed. He's waiting for you. I asked the owner of this house for more lanterns, but he said they would draw attention. Yes, I imagine they would. The human eye is drawn to light. We can't help it. It just happens. There are many things we are drawn to without our thinking or our ability to explain why. Thank you for agreeing to meet. Thank you for trying to help Mary when you did. Don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. Well, good morning, Hope. Sorry, moving my glasses around there a little bit. That conversation's a rather famous one between a Pharisee named Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. Nicodemus and Jesus' conversation is recorded in John chapter 3, and so this clip from the movie The Chosen comes right out of those pages and does a really nice job of staying accurate and true to God's word. Nicodemus is there under the cover of darkness, but he's looking for the light. I want you to remember that. He comes in the darkness because he can't have a conversation with Jesus in broad daylight in public where he could be seen because he's a Pharisee. He's a Pharisee, which means he has status and position as a member of the Sanhedrin. It also means he's intellectually brilliant, uh, has to have done years and years and years of education and schooling. You don't just become a Pharisee because you, you, know, you apply and, and get the club card. You, you have to earn it. You, you have to go through all of the academic pursuits and achieve those. So Nicodemus is no intellectual slouch, but he's going to have his mind blown by Jesus. And Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is confused. And Jesus will go on to say, I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. You have to be born from above in the original Greek of John chapter 3. You have to be born of heaven. You have to be born of God. That you experience this new life that only God can bring us. I want you to grow up, Nicodemus. God wants us to grow up, our Bible reading for today says, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. This is the second of five habits that we're looking at of highly effective Christians during the month of January. Last week we looked at weekly worship 
Uh, this week we're looking at discipleship and, and growth. So my question for you today is, are you still growing? Are you still growing as a Christian? Because the temptation is to think, well, I got confirmed back in eighth grade or, or whenever, and there really isn't anything else for me to learn. And, and our ego gets pretty big, and we say we know scripture and Bible. Folks, we've got four doctors of ministry and theology on our staff, our pastoral staff here at Hope. We have 20-some more pastors who have their master's degree, a four-year graduate degree, post-college in theology and divinity. Not one of us, not one of us has arrived at a point where we say nothing new to learn about the faith. No, no, we, we've got it all. Getting a master's degree in, in ministry or divinity or theology is kind of a, a misnomer. There's no way we can master this. There's always more to learn. There's always more growing to do. But then that, of course, leads to the other misunderstanding is that we think all of the learning is in our head. Well, then it just becomes the same problem Nicodemus had. All of his religious learning was in his head, but his heart wasn't with God. And that's where Jesus is blowing his mind. Nicodemus, I want you to have an experience of God. I want you to feel God's love. I want you to know God's love. And that's through God's living word what I'm bringing to you today and sharing, or God's word is sharing with us. I'm in the receiving end of that too. In order to grow up, in order to grow as a Christian, we not only can not, uh, we, we can easily get tripped up by thinking it's all in our heads and not in our hearts. And so today I want it to move from head to heart and then from heart to feet. But we can also trip up in thinking that uh, somehow that it's just about us and what we have to do. Let, let's get this cleared up right from the start. Discipleship, biblical definition of discipleship is probably not what a lot of people have told you it is or have tried to tell you what it is. That it's all about you, that it's some sort of pursuit, like it's a, a stairway to heaven. Your X marks the spot, this is where you are right now, and you, you need, need to move up a level. You need to become a 101 level Christian and, and take certain classes and Bible studies and, and, and know certain things for your head. And, and then you're going to take the next step and become a level 201 Christian. And, and then it's 301, and then it's 401, and then, yay, you made it, woo, ex, you know, exclamation point, we're, we're there, we've arrived. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. With all due respect to Led Zeppelin, there is no stairway to heaven. There is, yeah, I was going to sing it. No, I will. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. Good song, but it's terrible theology. You cannot get on a stairway to heaven. It's, in fact, turn to the person next to you and say, it's so not about you, baby. Just say that. You don't have to say baby. Maybe you're sitting next to an old person. It's so not about you, old person. Or baby. I want to be, you know, generationally sensitive. So not everyone's a baby. But we, we say, oh, well, the Bible says we want to go from spiritual infancy to maturity. So we got to climb this ladder. We, we got to work our way up. But it doesn't, yeah, we participate for sure. And there are steps that we're called to take, for sure, but it's not like this. In fact, the only way we're going to have a relationship with God is the good news that God comes to get us right where we are. There is no stairway to heaven. There's a heaven that crashes into earth. There's a God who loves us so much he sent his son Jesus into this world. So if you want to grow up, you're going to have to go down. Good gardeners, farmers, tree growers know this. It's not just about what you see above the surface. It's about what's going on underground. It's the soil. 
It's the roots. Let your roots grow down into Jesus and let your lives then be built upon him. If you want to produce fruit, if you want to be a Galatians 5, 22 and 23 Christian, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if you want to be that kind of a Christian, if you want to be the kind of Christian who's hitting on all cylinders, if you want to be a John 10, 10 Christian, living the abundant life, your best life, you want to grow up, you, you want to be the strongest Christian, you got to go down. Pay attention to the soil. Pay attention to what you're putting your roots down into. And then we realize it doesn't start with us, it starts with God. It's not about us getting to God, it's about us being still. When, when I was called out of seminary to my first parish, my first church, it was uh, Palestine Lutheran and Rural Huxley, salt of the earth people, great people. There was a woman who just started coming to church and she said, I've tried to find God. I've tried so hard for so long to find God. I've tried it through music. I, I've tried it through different churches and services. I, I, I've tried it through all these different things. And, you know, people get this buzz and they get this excitement and they have these experiences, you know, Bible camp type stuff when you're a kid. And, and, and I'm trying to have that. I'm trying to get that in my life. I can't find God. What's wrong with the way I'm doing it? Maybe that's you. I come to church. I'm trying to find God, but I haven't been able to find God. How come I can't find God? Because there is no stairway to heaven. So I'll say to you what I said to her. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Maybe instead of trying so hard to find God, it's time for you to be still and let God find you. Because let me tell you something that's biblically certain. God has been pursuing you your whole entire life. He's been looking for you. He's on a quest to find you. Revelation chapter 3 says he's knocking on the door of your heart. Open it up. That's all you have to do. Receive him. Receive this gift. Let your roots grow down deep into this good news that there's a God who's pursuing you. And let your lives be built upon him. Next verse in Colossians 2 says, then your faith will grow. Is that what you want? I hope so. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. No no prolonged infancies, the Bible goes on to say in Ephesians 4, our Bible reading for today. Please, God wants us to grow up. In our kitchen, we have a, a door where we used to measure all our kids. You know, you get out the, the pencil and the book and you put it on top of your kid's head and you draw the line and you take the tape measure out. And they were always so proud. They're like, I bet I'm growing. I'm, I'm, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be a big number. And so we've painted, repainted the whole kitchen, but that door we will not touch because it's got all the marks. You know, here's Jonathan growing up. Here's Daniel growing up. Here's Kristen growing up. There's our painter right there. Hi, Wes. So, so you know, we won't let you touch that door. So, so here we are. We, we, we put the book on the head. We, we draw the line. And for Danny, we'd cheat up because his little sister was passing him and for Christy, we'd cheat down and we'd, oh, Christy, gee, you haven't grown at all. Danny, you grew a foot. That's incredible. But now he's six foot one, so it's all good. But we grow up. Healthy things grow. Do you know why kids grow? Yep, they participate in it. They got to eat. They got to sleep. They got to, you know, healthy. Got to stay healthy. You're going to grow. But it's a God thing, isn't it? God's the one who makes kids grow. Farmers know this. God's the one who produces the harvest. Yep, we got to take care of the soil. We got to plant at the right time. We got to pay attention to things. We're participants in it for sure. But God's the one who takes the miracle of taking the seed and bringing it to life and producing. 
the crop. God's the one who makes us grow. Maybe that's why you aren't growing. You've made it all about you. And you're starting with you. Here's what I got to do. I got to take all these classes. I get into all these groups. And we got a lot of stuff for you right now. It's New Year. All our classes are refreshed. They all start over every new year. Alpha starts tonight. We got a new member class in about an hour. We've got, we've got all these, we got a whole group emphasis, all church group emphasis in the month of February. So if you're feeling isolated because of COVID or just because it's time that, that you get into a group, we've got all this for you. But don't start there. Do that because you think the faith like Nicodemus did, but you also have your heart open to it, which is what Nicodemus needed to do, to let God find him. God wants us to grow up. The temptation, of course, is to think that there's this stairway to heaven or or that there's this ladder, but take a close look at this image on the screens. So these two from the movie Inception are are going up. And then they're going to go up another level and they're going to go up another level and they're going to go up another level and then they're going to go, oh, whoa. (laughs) Right? It just keeps going up. Or you could say it just keeps going down. And we get stuck in the, in the cycle. It's an illusion, yeah, but that's, that's what spirituality is when we make it all about, well, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to take all these steps and I, I got to get up here because I was down there and now I'm up here. Ephesians 4, our Bible reading for today says, we will not be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, even though it sounds good, even though it fits with the rest of life. I mean, in order to get somewhere, you, you got to take steps. You got to get the education. You, you, you've got to you got to get the prerequisites. You got to you got to meet the requirements. But when it comes to your relationship with God and faith, huh, it's a God thing. It starts with God, and that might be the thing that's tripping you up. Don't get tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. People who tell you it's all about discipleship. We, we want to be a deep church. We don't care about any of that other stuff that those churches think about while they're trying to reach people with the gospel. We don't care about that. We're deep. We go deep into the word. Good. That's awesome. But you know what you're going to discover if you truly go deep in the word? You're called to reach out. You're called to bring the gospel to those people who don't know it. You're called to serve. You know what's going to happen if you say, well, we're an evangelical church. We don't care about that discipleship stuff. We just want to get more and more people. Good. But what does Jesus say about that? He says, go and make disciples. Go and make people who are growing. Not, don't go and make church members. Go and make disciples. Go and get people into God's word so that they can grow. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And this is what's happening. This is, the, this is the conundrum that Nicodemus is in, one of the Pharisees. He's, he's, everybody would look at Nicodemus and say he's one of the most religious people around. And he is. But he doesn't have a relationship with God, which is why he shows up under the cover of darkness looking for the light with Jesus Christ. And he's going to have a light bulb moment. He's going to have a revelation in this conversation. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And that can be us today, too. There are religious, spiritual, even Christian teachers and preachers who will tell you, you know, it's all about this or that, or it's about our brand. And taken to an extreme, it turns into a cult where they'll tell you, we're the only ones who really know the truth. 
Or the ones with such arrogance who will stand up and say, you know, for 20 centuries, everybody had it wrong. Every Christian for 20 centuries, for 2,000 years has had it wrong. I'm the only one who's really got it right. So come and follow got me, is what they're really saying. Come and follow me. And it's more subtle when it isn't blatant cults. But this stuff is around, this stuff is in central Iowa, where, where people will tell you it's about our church is better than those churches. Let me be very clear about something. Lutheran Church of Hope is not better than other churches. We're on the same team. We're a part of the body of Christ that extends beyond this congregation. And that's so important for us to remember so that we don't walk where, yeah, we love what God's doing in this congregation. That's awesome. You know what else? We love what God's doing in other congregations too. We're for them. We pray for them. We're not competing with them. We want to be a part of what God is doing to make disciples and to make heaven more crowded. That's the mission of the church. And if you trip across, let's say you move out of state someday and you go somewhere and somebody stands up and tells you it's all about our brand, it's about our church, we're a better church than all the other churches, run away. Run away. It's not about them, it's about Jesus. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us. And they'll quote scripture and verses and they'll say, it's all about the way you're baptized or it's all about the way you interpret the end times or it's all about all these things and we're the only ones who've ever figured it out. Run away from these lies so clever they sound like the truth. Remember the devil knows scripture too. But it's not in his heart. It's great that you have it in your head. That's a big part of it. But make room in your heart too. Instead of trying to get a stairway to heaven, we have this diagram, this, this graphic that helps us kind of get a visual for what this is like. The cross of Christ is at the center, of course, because it all starts with God and with God's love. But a lot of us start here, and this just sort of depicts the journey that we see thousands and thousands of people taking in the young history of the relatively young history of this church. Like in Nicodemus, people come here, they're like, well, I'm just looking for some light. And there's God calling right now. I'm looking for some light, and I want to hear from him. I want to know. That was so well-timed. Thank you, Lord. And so we say, well, I guess the goal is, I don't believe, but I want to believe. I want to be a believer. And then, you know, if I keep moving, I'll become a follower And instead of a stairway to heaven, we say the goal ultimately is, this is just so, like, counterintuitive. In order to mature as a Christian, in order to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, the goal is not to arrive and make it to the top. The goal is to make it to the bottom. Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest in my church, you'll be the chief servant. If you want to be first, you'll be last. It's not about you. If if you want to exalt yourself, I'll humble you. If you want to humble yourself, you will be exalted in the kingdom of heaven. So the goal is, if, if you're going to make it all the way around the circle, the goal is to get to the bottom. Remember, we grow up by going down, by putting our roots down in the rich soil of God's amazing grace. And it's a circle because, you know, connect the dots. We we keep going around and around. The idea is that you will keep rolling, that you will go from seeker to believer to follower to servant leader, and that you will never fall into the trap of thinking you don't need to continue to seek God and his truth that sets you free. The way we go from seeker to believer is, come on, we got any Bible readers in here? Faith comes by 
hearing. Romans 10, 17. We hear God's word, and that's what Nicodemus did. So he went from seeker to believer by hearing God's word. And then he was challenged by Jesus to embrace God's love. We embrace God's love, and we move from believer to follower. And then we're called to produce fruit for the kingdom of God, a a harvest. And then we come back around, and we become servant leaders, but servant leaders who are faithful are going to continue to realize, I don't arrive, I keep rolling. So here's this movement. Here's this roll. Roll, hope. Roll. You say, well, that's interesting, and you made up these terms here, embrace, produce. Yeah, no, we didn't. The seed planted in the good earth, the good seed of God's word planted in the soil, grow up by growing down into the soil, represents those, Jesus says, who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest, who roll over and over and over again, and it goes beyond their wildest dreams. This is your best life. It isn't working your way up, it's circling your way to the bottom, (laughs) and then going round and round and round. And it all starts with God. Jesus blew Nicodemus' mind. We have the wrong definition of discipleship, we'll never be disciples. We'll just keep running after it, chasing after the goal, and and we'll never get there. We'll get stuck on that that staircase that's an infinite loop that, that we can't make. Instead, get on this circle that produces, that produces new life for you. But not just in an intellectual way. Please, let me say this one more time. You should take Bible studies. You should do daily devotions. You should be in God's word. You should grow in your understanding of God because there's a temptation for seekers to say, I just want the buzz. I just want the worship mountaintop experience. I I, I wanna have the goosebumps. I wanna have the moment where, ooh, wow, God and I, we're so close, we just feel it. And so then it's all in your heart but not in your head at all. But that's not faithful biblical discipleship. That's part of it, but so is this head faith. It's head, it's heart, and it's also feet. We can't get stuck anywhere. There's no stopping points along the way. We roll, roll hope, hear the word, embrace it, produce a harvest, and then hear the word again. Embrace it, produce a harvest. You're like, why do I have to keep hearing the word? I already know God loves me. Really? My lovely wife, Sally, tells me she loves me at least once or twice a day, sometimes more. Never once have I thought, it's a bit much. (laughs) You know, I already got it. We're good. I don't need you to, I don't need you to keep telling me that because, because, you know, it's like the Norwegian Lutheran man who says, I told her that I loved her once and if anything changes, I'll let her know. Okay, that's, you know, spirit's willing, but the flesh is Norwegian or something. But when you love somebody, it's, it's good to tell them. And you never get tired of hearing it. If your heart's open and your head, your mind is open and in the right place, listen to me. There's a God, the creator of the universe, who spoke it all into existence with a word. Hear that word. Grow in your faith and understanding. And then hear this. This God loves you. For real. Our whole theme this year at Hope is God in us in real life. In real life. For real. 
God loves you. Not just the person sitting next to you at Waukee or Grimes or our Des Moines campus or Ames or Ankeny or local sites, wherever you are, wherever you are online. And there's tens of thousands more online right now than here in this room. God loves you right now, right where you are. God loves you. When we get that, it changes everything. So here's what happened between Jesus and Nicodemus, just to kind of follow this this movement, because the movement of their conversation is the same kind of thing that God wants for you. The light bulb went on. Nicodemus came under the cover of darkness. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus, and God gave him revelations, the the light bulb, right? But it didn't just stop there, because the conversation went on. It's already a pretty noteworthy conversation, because... This is the part of the Bible where Jesus says you must be born again, which basically means to, to roll, to, to live this way instead of this way. Be born away from this into a new life where, where you see what God has made you for. If you want your best life, you will never get it doing this. You will ne- no matter how hard you try, no matter how successful you are, you won't get there. Be born again into a new reality. Change the way you think. Nicodemus is starting to see that. He's smart enough. He's, he's starting to realize it. And, and he's starting to realize the study of his word starts to change. This happened for Martin Luther. This happened for other people because it's going from head to heart, from thinking to feeling, to, for, from something that you ponder to something that you experience. We have a son-in-law. His name is Dan, and he's a pediatrician at the University of Iowa, a resident pediatrician at the University of Iowa Hospitals. So when the football players do the wave, they're waving at Dan. And, well, they're waving at his patients. And he's, he's a, a resident now, but he had to go to four years of medical school to get there. Along the way, he started by doing intensive academic studies. Some of you are medical doctors. You know this. Or you know somebody who is, or you know this journey. You start with the academics, but pretty quickly along the way, you start doing rounds, you start doing clinicals, you start walking around with a posse of other uh, medical students and, and lead doctors who teach you and say, well, here's this case. What do we learn from this case? It's not just about learning what the book says. It's about learning how to be a doctor. It's not just learning about what the book says about being a Christian and thinking about it. It's about learning how to be a Christian. It's about experiencing God in our hearts. And it's way easier than you think. Because as this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus goes on, Jesus hits him with it. He hits him with it. And maybe you didn't realize this is the context of Jesus saying what has become the most memorized and most famous verse in the whole Bible. Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave you his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Same conversation. And it blew Nicodemus' mind. Because suddenly his faith was going from what I think about God to how much God loves me. For God so loves the world. You too, Nicodemus. You too, whoever's hearing my voice right now. God loves you. Take a look. Truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit 
is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things, huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the spirit. The spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that, I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome? All about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. Nicodemus is growing. His faith is growing from head. Please, my artwork is not what my degree is in, all right? So some grace. From head to heart. He went from, this will be even worse. This is a light bulb. Can't you tell? He went from revelation, my goodness, the light bulb went on, to the light, taking on the darkness, and crossing it out. See, that's what the light of God's love does. It doesn't mean there isn't darkness. It just means that God's light overwhelms it. So even in the dead and the darkness of winter, God's love breaks through. And when you open your heart to that, you could never be the same again. But I saved the best for last. Talk about bad artwork. Whew, here we go. I've been practicing. Those are feet. I feel like I had to tell you that. Because I'm not sure it's abundantly clear by looking at the drawing up there. But here's where the light starts to go out from you. Not your light, God's light starts to go out from you. So um, God gets a hold of you, changes your life, gets in your head, changes your heart. You open a restaurant and you do it to serve people, but also so that you can give to the community. 
God changes you. And you go from head to heart to feet. But you don't just stay there and say, well, I've arrived because now I'm doing these things. But you loop around and around and around. And then you go back and say, I need more for my head because I'm growing and I'm hungry. I'm hungry to hear more about God's word because I'll never get to the point where I arrive, where I know it all. Nobody ever does. And then I'll open my heart and I'll have that experience and I will have the buzz and I will have the goosebumps and I will have the moments in worship when I'm like, my goodness, God, your love for me just is overwhelming. That's the light hitting the darkness. That's the, 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 the warmth hitting the winter. The, the, you know, light breaks through and we could never be the same again. But then we move to the next step. Those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants we point the way we show the way not because we gotta not because it's something I feel like I gotta do in order to take the next step in my faith we do it because we're on fire we do it because God's in our hearts now we do it because we've been transformed and changed now you're cooking now you're rolling roll hope and there are examples of it all around us. I mean, I look out and I see you and I know your stories and it's inspiring. And there's pictures of it up on the screen, but these are four of 40,000 pictures that are out there over the last, uh, you know, 10 years of hope. And then, oh my goodness, the wave God's giving us lately, people saying... I've been looking for, like Nicodemus, I've been looking for something, I've been looking for something, I've been looking for something. And God found me. It's not about us finding him. This is Jeremy. He'll be really upset because he's so humble that I'm sharing his picture from social media. But he took this selfie and these are some of our friends, our new friends from Afghanistan who have absolutely had to run away from the tyranny of their homeland to a new life in central Iowa. And so what would Jesus do? Well, that's what his body, the body of Christ, the church should do. We show up and we drive them to Walmart and other places so that they can get set up, so that they can get a, a start, a foundation to get going. Or, or we volunteer at different church events that are, that are created for the sake of getting God's light out there, literally like Journey to the Light right before Christmas, or, or the heroes of hope, the unsung heroes of hope, the people who right now, the volunteers right now, who are in, in our different buildings, of our different campuses, who are shepherding uh, our Sunday school kids, uh, called Hope Kids here at Hope, because they're rolling, be, be, because they have a faith in their head and it's in their heart, and now it's moved to their hands and feet too. And we have people of all ages participating in our missions and bringing in food to give to local food pantries. And my goodness, on and on and on and on the list goes. And this does not mean, please, you're, you're going to like defeat the whole purpose of the biblical point here if you say, okay, well, I guess I got to do those things and then maybe something will happen. Get the cart and the horse lined up better. It's not about what you do. It's not about, you know, faking it till you feel it. It's about just being still and letting God find you. And then you're going to want to go, and you don't have to do these things. If this isn't your cup of tea or that isn't it, you know, if you don't love kids, please don't volunteer in our Sunday school, our children's ministry. But maybe you want to cook, then why aren't you serving in our kitchen? Or maybe God's given you a beautiful singing voice, and why aren't you singing in one of our choirs? No, really, for real. 
It, it, maybe maybe you've, you, you've got a heart for local missions. Why aren't you partnering with, with all of our different outreach ministries? Maybe it's global missions. We've got global mission trips lined up for the whole year. Go. Go. Get moving. Stop hitting cruise control and, and, and just making spirituality and Christianity all about your comfort. This is the next step. And when this happens, I mean, it just completely blows us away, just like it did for Nicodemus. But it isn't about, oh, I just got to try harder. I got to do more. I, I got to get it going. No, it's about you stopping and letting God get back into you. Let him get into your head. Let him get into your heart. Let him inspire your feet to move in more faithful directions. What are your feet running to these days? What, what is it that you're giving your energy to? Where is it you're trying to serve? We will be mature, the Bible says. We will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then it says this, as each part of the church, each part of the body of Christ does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow. Everyone say grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing in love. But that growth is a God thing. God starts it and God completes it. We participate in it like a faithful farmer out in the field, like a good gardener knows how to do. And we learn more about gardening, and we learn more about farming, we learn more about Christianity, and we have more experiences of God in our heart so that we go. Folks, if you're stuck in just one of these things, you got to get rolling. It isn't just about that, and it isn't just about arriving and saying, I don't have to continue to seek and hear God's word. Where is it that, that your faith needs to grow? Is it head or heart or feet or is it all of them? Good news is, all are available. Now you get into the small group ministries that we have next month for the whole church at Hope because you get it, not because you gotta. Now you take the Bible studies. Now you take the Alpha course. Now you serve. Now you volunteer. Now you start doing all these things. Now you activate your faith like Nicodemus did. Because God's in your head and your heart, and so it moves down to your feet. And now your light starts to shine. Let your light shine before the world, God says, so the world will see your good works and give glory to you. No, we'll give glory to God. It's a God thing from start to finish, from beginning to end. That's how the body of Christ grows. Jesus and Nicodemus continued their conversation, and we'll close with this clip. But then there's one more surprise at the end you're not going to want to miss. And this is where Nicodemus finally gets it and changes. You say, well, Nicodemus, how do we know Nicodemus changed? Let me give you something for your head that hopefully will move down to your heart. To grow up, we've got to grow down, head to heart. Nicodemus shows up two more times in the Gospels. The first time, it's when he stands up against his fellow Pharisees and defends Jesus to minimize their vitriol against him, at least temporarily. The second time and last time we see Nicodemus in the gospel stories is when Jesus is dying on the cross. Behind the scenes, Nicodemus, because he has the means, he has the opportunity, he has the privilege in his community, he uses that privilege for good. And he's the one, did you know this, who organizes things to make sure that Jesus, as he's, his body is taken off the cross, will be laid in the most beautiful tomb in town, his tomb working with Joseph of Arimathea. It's Nicodemus who provides for this. Wow. Why did he do that? Because Jesus transformed him 
Jesus changed him, and he can change you too. The love that you're about to see depicted in this scene right out of the pages of John 3 is exactly what God wants to bring to you. So put yourself in Nicodemus's sandals. Don't just think about this clip. Open your heart to it. My whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? lead a nomadic life to to give up who I am it's true there is a lot you would give up but what you would gain is far greater and more lasting is this another one of your born again mysteries (laughs) maybe I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar Think about it. Hmm? Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Is this. Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and wonder. It can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof, anyway. I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. (laughs) That same love God has for you. Follow me, Jesus says, and receive it. Nicodemus had God in his head, but his heart was far from him until he had this conversation with Jesus and Jesus told him how much God loves him. God loves you like that too. He gave his son to you. Feel that. Don't just think about it. Feel it. God loves you. Open your heart. That's how we participate. Open your mind. Get your feet moving in the right direction. Run. 
to produce a harvest for Jesus, to, to let his light shine, reflect the light of his love to the world around you, serve the world around you, give, grow. Speaking of giving, this was a gift that my wife and I got when we got engaged at one of her wedding showers. It's Betty Crocker's cookbook. There's Betty. She keeps changing her look. You notice that? And Sally marked this page. She says, you're not going to show this page, are you? Because it's kind of embarrassing. It's, it's wrinkled. It's been way too close to the oven way too many times. It's chocolate chip cookies. Sally makes out-of-this-world chocolate chip cookies. The Waukee High School football team used to line up for these cookies at our house. They're famous. <laughs> There's chocolate chip cookie shrapnel all over the page here. This, been worn in over the years. The recipe, you can hardly read the first couple of lines. And Sally's modified the recipe, you know, the way good bakers and chefs and cooks do. And she's made it her own. And people keep asking me, what's her, what, what's her trick? What did she do? If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. And that's going <laughs> to lead to all sorts of problems. It's a secret family recipe. It's like Coca-Cola. Can't share it. But it's delicious. What if... What if all my wife ever did with, with this recipe was study it, memorize it, maybe even cut it out of the page, put it up, tape it up on her mirror for daily inspiration when she wakes up in the morning, get into a bunch of study groups of other people who are inspired by this chocolate chip cookie recipe, and talk to them about it and share their experiences with how they study it and how they memorize it and how they've taped it up on their mirrors for daily inspiration. You following me, Christian? What if all you ever did was open up this book for the sake of studying it, memorizing it, cutting out passages and putting it on your mirror for daily inspiration? All really good ideas, by the way. Really good ideas. Because this is the life-giving Word of God. But if that's all you ever do, if you get stuck like Nicodemus did anywhere on this circle of discipleship, you're going to miss out on the scenery. You're going to miss out on the beauty. As each part does its own special work, as we grow in faith, then the whole body of Christ is going to grow together in love. Everyone say love. And we're going to start to see scenery that you don't even know exists, a lot of us, probably, on planet Earth. This actually exists. And so it is with the Christian life. There's so much stuff that you're not going to see. There's so many things that you're going to miss until you get rolling. Until you move on beyond just memorizing recipes and Bible verses and studying. Great, 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 good. You know the recipe. You know it by heart. You got it down. When are you going to actually make it? When are you going to start cooking and baking and serving and sharing the love and giving and putting it out there freely? Come on, church. This isn't about you becoming something you're not. This is about you becoming what God has made you to be. Oh, man. I'm not, I took too big of a bite. Now it's going to be kind of hard to preach, but it's totally worth it. For you. There's only like 14 of them left. Aren't you glad you sat in the front? These cookies are available for free 
Oh, they're so worth it. After the closing song. Because some of you like to leave during the closing song, I've noticed. And that's okay. I get it. Because, you know, there's so much traffic out there on a Sunday. You got to get going. You got you to gotta run. You got to go watch the Vikings and Bears, the most meaningless pro football game of the year, where nothing is at stake. Our drummer's a Packers fan. We're so happy for you. That's great. There's one Packer who actually grew up in this church, Alan Lazard. So we, I do cheer for him loudly and unapologetically. You know why? Because he's rolling. No, that's not why. It's because he's family, because we love him. But he is rolling. How about you? Maybe it's time for you to quit just like thinking about this stuff and, feel, and actually start to feel it. And then, best of all, you start living it out. What does the Bible say? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Who are you bringing good news to these days? Who are you sharing the light with? Where's your light shining? What's it producing? What are you here for on earth? Taste and see that the Lord is good, the Bible says. Come and get it. This is just an illustration. <laughs> Come and get it. Come to the classes, take the Bible studies, get involved, serve, minister, get into the big group thing we're doing next February. Be the church. Be what God has created you to be so that you can grow and so that you can grow in love and so that you can serve this world and start seeing the glory of God, heaven coming down to earth because there is no stairway to heaven. God brings it to you. God loves you like that. Amen?